Welcome to Voices of Valor, the podcast by and for the men of the Legion of Valor in the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois. Legion of Valor is a brotherhood of Catholic men committed to growth in holiness through the perfection of virtue and cooperation with God's grace, with a shared mission of forming Christian disciples first in our homes, then in our parishes and communities. I'm Mike Christie, host of the Voices of Valor podcast and a member of Bishop Paprocki's leadership team in the offices of the Springfield Diocese. I'm joined by our co-host, Father Dominic Rankin, Bishop Paprocki's Master of Ceremonies, Priest Secretary, member of the diocesan staff, chaplain to the Legion of Valor, Dolor out of ashes. Indeed. Dolor out of ashes. So uh, we're recording this podcast. You know, you'll, you'll be hearing it much long after Ash Wednesday, but it's Ash Wednesday by the miracles of uh, time and technology. You had the experience today of dumping ashes on people's heads. It was wonderful. It's a little different than usual. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay, so we are uh, joined today by Brad Bolt, Dr. Brad Bolt, Brad Bolt, <laughs> Ph.D., uh, who, but let's just jump right into it, Brad. My first question for you, um, we generally like to ask questions that are going to offend about half the audience. We try to not offend everybody all at the same time, right? Yeah, if we but get between that 40 and 60%. 40 to 60, and, you know, we seem to, I think we're doing pretty good on that. So I'm going to go right to it with the offensive question of the day. Um, you're a PhD. Should I call you doctor or not doctor? Is, is, uh, is doctor, ref, you know, or reserving that for medical doctors only? You know what? I, I think it depends on who you ask. I know my my opinion. You know, you just you just uh, you know, let let people say what they want to say. Um, but well, yeah. you're you're doctor to me. Well, well there we go. Yeah, <laughs> I had I had the PhD, so it's just really, you know, it's up, it's up to the individual what they want to say. Doctor, Brad, you know, whatever. But yeah, I've had. I have to say, I I guess I've known you for. I don't know, it's coming up on two years? Is that when we yeah, kind of got yeah, Legion of Valor yeah. going? So a yeah. couple, couple of years. Um, I guess I never knew all your background, and I kind of did a little bit of homework, you know, for today. You're a, you're a one-educated dude. <laughs> you, uh, let's see. Undergrad in um, education. So you got your Bachelor of Science in Education, Master's in Education, Master's in Theology, PhD in Educational Leadership. That's correct. As as we would say in my native Massachusetts, you must be wicked smart, <laughs> <laughs> or, or silly enough to pay to pay for all that education. One of the two. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm just <laughs> pleased to have somebody here on the show, Father Dominic's. You know, we've mentioned before, uh, went to seminary at the North American College, and then I, I always get the European. You know, kind of, it's not PhD, STL. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. STL is that the equivalent? That's, that's of the as far as I've gotten. Sacred kind theological like a license. Or yeah. Okay, all right. At the John Paul II Institute for short. Indeed. Okay. You got hmm. it. So you're outdone by Brad this time. I, totally. I'm fine. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling, sure. I'm feeling better sure. think, about things. All right. So, no way. So not, Brad. Not Dominic. I'll never be. Yeah. Well, be Dominic, high standards. Man. High standards. <laughs> um, Brad, tell us a little bit about family life. You have kids. I sure do. Yes, my my wife and I just celebrated our tenth year anniversary. Congratulations! Indeed, thank you. Is that, that uh, is that paper? What, papers what one. Paper. No, papers it's one. ten. It's actually ten. Is What's, paper ten? Papers ten. Yeah. Ten. Did you give her a dollar? No. Ten dollars. <laughs> no. I know. I was trying to think of something clever with ten, but I think we're going to save our money for maybe like a vacation or something. Let's right. see. But there you go. But yeah, I mean, ten. Ten. I don't know if that's necessarily. Uh, I don't know how fashionable ten jewelry is, or uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so married yeah, no. married ten years. 
Yeah, 10 years, Mary. And then we have uh, we have a going on five. So March 26th, we have a Pierre Giorgio Bolt, named after Pierre Giorgio Frasati, somebody my wife and I deeply admire. That's a nice solid. Um, that's a great yeah. intercessor. Going, there. going off the uh, beaten path. That's a good one. Yeah, and so he he uh, and he. I mean, he's a story within his, on his own. We we definitely struggled for for six years or five years, I should say, before we uh, mm. before we uh, you know were able to conceive him. That's really how we got involved a lot with the with diocese and Carlos. He took us wow. to Pope Paul VI Institute in Omaha, uh, Nebraska, and so we went out there as part of like potentially like a leadership marriage uh, ministry team and uh, worked with those guys out there and. Uh, you know, did, did a few things that, you know, we wanted to be in line with the church for our struggles and, you know, leaned heavily on the church. And uh, Pope Paul VI was just, you know, kind of, you know, the, the safe base for for pushing, uh, in a sense, science that's in line with the church. And yeah. Um, and so, yeah, with the, so through that experience, we were able to conceive uh, Pierre. And then and then we have uh, Giovanni Paul. He is going on, well, he's like one and a half um, he, he's named after, uh, actually, uh, Pope Paul VI before he became Pope Paul, he was Giovanni, Giovanni Battista. So, uh, I, I really admire Pope Paul VI. And so that's where Giovanni, Giovanni comes from. And, uh, he is a firecracker. Mm. Yeah. Aptly named. So you're, um, I can tell that you're, you're motivating Father Dominic to like bust out the Italian here. I and know. He's just going to, he's going to yeah, go right Pier back Giorgio to Rome. Giovanni. Um, we've, we've actually, talked. Brad, I, I wanted to um, just sort of acknowledge that it was out of that those years of uh, struggle and uh, you know hardship and a bit of longing on on your part with your wife that I, I don't know a whole lot of good has come now, right? Not only have you conceived those uh, two sons of yours, but it brought you into the the circuit with Carlos and uh, now the the Legion. I don't know. That's a it's cool when you look back and you get to see those moments. You're like, wow. For years, you're kind of looking at the Lord and like, what are you doing? And then it's only after the fact that you get to see um, what his plans were all, all the way down. Well, and Brad, if you don't mind going there, I mean, I think it's um, struggling with fertility is, for some reason or another, it's a much more common thing these days. Who knows why? Lots of potential um, reasons why. Maybe we just know it's more common than we knew before. Maybe it, maybe it is more common, but lots of people mm-hmm. have wrestled with that you know, path that, that you've gone down. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, how, how did uh, the experience, how, how did it change your marriage? Did it change your perception of parenting, of having kids? Absolutely. So, you know, with, with, uh, you know, as I always say, you know, whenever, whenever people get married, uh, you know, that the husband, in a sense, he's, he's satisfied to spend, to spend the rest of, you know, his earthly life with his gal. For the most part, he's fulfilled, mm. but that's a extremely hard burden. Uh, you know, on the woman to to be able to to be struggling with conceiving mm-hmm. a child. So, you know, I really had to learn how to be supportive, uh, you know, with my wife and communicate with my wife and really get the chance to, you know, truly embark on that struggle uh, with her. You know, get to tr- try to help her, you know, with comfort and accountability and and uh, you know, really just try to know as much as I could about the process as far as you know, the surgeries and things that we we're trying to figure out and, uh, you know, how women's reproductive uh, system worked and, you know, going, going in head first with, uh, you know, creating model and just, uh, yeah, just women's fertility. I mean, just one of those things where you just think of, well, that's, that's, you know, that's my, that's my wife's responsibility. I don't want to, you know, I don't need to learn, know about, you know, ovulations and mm. yada, 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 and, 
And, uh, you know, that's not really a very supportive, uh, you know, stance. And so I, I think for the, just, just in general, it just, it made me realize that if I'm going to be, you know, the spouse that I chose to be, then, I, you know, I, I got to be all in and, you know, I, I need to educate myself and, and know hormone cycles and know mm-hmm. everything so I can be there for her. So, you know, like you said, Father Dominic, I mean, it was just, it was just, um, both of you guys mentioned, you know, it's just through the struggles where, 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 where true growth comes from. And, uh, you know, it was definitely hard times. Um, you know, sometimes you just can't comfort somebody who's really hurting. And, you know, my wife, uh, you know, she, she's all, you know, even supernatural. So even, even the idea of just having, you know, in a sense, she had to wear like a diabetic pump, you could say is what it is, what mm-hmm. it uh, is similar to that helped kind of regulate her hormones. You know, so I mean, it even calls to question, you know, are we overstepping the boundaries of, you know, what we're meant to be? Are we just not called to have kids? And so, you know, really kind of calls a lot of questions in mind. So, you know, once again, I mean, that's why we just really heavily leaned on, on the, you know, Holy Catholic Church and, you know, not reading church documents on that because by no means that we want to, you know, in a sense demand that this, you know, that this child, you know, that we're, that we're able to, you know, that we're going to have a kid by any means necessary. Uh, so constantly kind of battling that tension and, you know, reaffirm my wife that, you know, what we're doing is in line with the church and we're, you know, seeking, uh, you know, counsel from priests and, and, you know, people within the diocese. So it was, it was, uh, you know, obviously my perspective, my journey is different from, from my wife, since I know that it was definitely a, um, extremely difficult struggle for her. And there are a lot more questions because, you know, since it was, um, you know, she had to go get a pick line put in and just, just a lot mm-hmm. of stuff, a lot of surgery. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it uh, you know, it, it, it definitely brought us closer and, uh, it, you know, initially just kind of shook us up or I guess I know I can speak to myself, shook me up and got me out of my, got me out of my comfort zone and, uh, you know, start helping me start realizing that, uh, you know, proper marriage is, is, is one of sacrifice, but it's a joyful sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You know, it's interesting. You use those words. My wife and I had a briefer, but, um, similar experience and our first pregnancy was ectopic. So, you know, for those that might not be familiar, hopefully most of you aren't, it's <laughs> when the egg fertilizes in the fallopian tube. So it never kind of makes it down to the uterus. It's never viable. We didn't know that. Um, what happened was she was teaching uh, in a Catholic grade school in the Chicago area and she passed out. We were real early in the pregnancy and, you know, she was rushed to the hospital and all that. So that's how, that's how we found out about it. Um, if, if it had happened just a couple hours earlier, I was on a business trip in New York. She'd have been home alone, probably bled to death because she was literally passed out on the, on the floor in the hall and, and, and a nurse found her. Our experience going through that kind of similar to what you described, Brad, and I wanted to run this by you is I felt like it, it stretched our hearts a little bit, you know, and, and in terms of, you know, making room for trust, you know, that, that was kind of my, my, one of my biggest takeaways is we, one of the things you mentioned was, you know, are we meant to have kids? Like that's a big question and not one that we had ever really wrestled with before. That was not one that was on our radar when we got married, just kind of assumed things would happen having to learn to trust God. And to your point is like, yeah, there's things you can do. There maybe there's things that you shouldn't do, but at the end of the day, there's really nothing you can do right at the end of the day. And that was one of the big eye openers for me was, yeah, I kind of intellectually knew certain things, the miracle of the child and all that kind of thing. But man, that made that real. Does that sound familiar? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, in more ways than one. And, um, 
you know, I think that's why we're so thankful for, uh, you know, the diocese. I know at that time period, my wife and I, you know, being, being, uh, you know, since, uh, you know, married, but then without any kids, we were able to give more time to the, to the mm-hmm. diocese. And so we really poured into the marriage ministry and, you know, was driving up to Springfield quite a bit. And I, I just remember, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of conference calls with Carlos and just trying to, trying to figure out where we could best fit in and serve others. And, uh, you know, just even to bring up this question here, you, you know, as we, as we enter the season of Lent and, you know, almsgiving, giving of yourself, you know, I guess I'm just reminded of, of how, you know, of how difficult potentially that time would have been, uh, you know, without, without that, you know, I guess we were serving in the ministry, so to say, and, you know, I guess it's, it's, it's easy to, to see like, oh, you know, we're, we're doing something, so to say, but, um, you know, I guess it's kind of cliche, you know, how much, uh, how much is given back to you whenever you pour yourself out into a worthy cause. So I just know the marriage ministry, uh, you know, just gave us a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, well, I guess maybe I even should back up, maybe, maybe a little bit more in my background. Cause so I'm a convert. I came into the Catholic faith in, in 2010 and I was really just kind of, uh, you know, and, and, and stop me if I'm going too much no. into a topic yeah. that, you know, maybe, maybe we're going to touch back to touch at a later date or a later time. But, um, you know, so I was born atheist household. Um, and then I started kind of dabbling in, in Christianity in general, uh, you know, a little about bit about how old, school. how old are you when you started the dabbling? So a, a little dabbling in, in high school, you just yeah. feel like a little stirring in, in my heart. Nothing really took, took root, so to say. Um, and then, and then in college, uh, really just, you know, uh, just trying to, to fill up, you know, in a sense in, in worldly pursuits, so to say. And, and, uh, you know, I was a member of, a you know, fraternity and definitely engaged in, you know, just social life and promiscuous live in and, uh, you know, just, just trying to fill that void. And, you know, even then there was just a stirring in my heart. So, you know, I was, you know, like they say now, like I felt like I was spiritual, but not religious. You mm-hmm. know, I felt like I was, you know, had the spirituals. I could, I definitely feel the stirrings in my soul. And, and so then it wasn't until I got my first job, uh, in, in education and, uh, you know, I started to kind of get a little bit more serious about religion. So I even, so I, then I started to, to physically go into a non-denominational church for a while. It's, you know, definitely one of those, uh, vibrant, mm-hmm. vibrant, um, Protestant churches. And I mean, just, I mean, you know, you feel like you at a rock concert every, every, every weekend and, yeah. Small groups are amazing. Like they always, like they say, those Protestant churches. You know, if you're showing up here on Sunday, um, you know, you're not really going to church. Sure. Like you, if you're not, if you're not in a small group, then uh, then you're not going to church. Like it's the, you need small groups for accountability and for support. Mm-hmm. And so then I started kind of dabbling in some small groups, and you know, still just kind of tiptoeing. Really didn't know too much about about the faith and know much about you know, in the sense of theology and. Uh, then, you know, here comes, here comes Audrey, so to say. And, uh, you know, and she was Catholic, cradle Catholic. And I asked her, I'm like, yeah, I said, uh, you know, would it be meaningful if, if, you know, I became Catholic and, uh, you know, because in my mind, I was just like, oh yeah, church to church. I don't mm-hmm. care which one I go to. It's like, yeah, St. Boniface, that, that'll work. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, just, just kind of went through the motion, even through, even through RCIA, you know, just, it was all about checking off the list. Um, so I was, so I even went through the RCA process, you know, baptized, confirmed, received the Eucharist and, uh, you know, still just, you know, not really allowing God to take root in my heart. 
And I got a and, feeling uh, something happened here. I oh, got absolutely. A, it's a, there's like this. Then something happened. What the Lord? Was it? The Lord is yeah. putting a lot of pieces in place slowly but surely. And then, absolutely. And uh, you know, I was really just set on worldly wealth, or not. Well, just you know, power, prestige, and so. At this time period, I'm 27. Uh, I'm moving through. Um, at this point, I don't have my theology degree yet. I do. I, I go get my theology degree after after I kind of after I had my you know metanoia experiences, mm-hmm. just turning away. So uh, I'm halfway through the ED the educational doctorate program because at this time I'm a I'm a practicing administrator in my school district. I'm just this hot shot, you know, 27 year old, you know, moving up the board of directors on you know local community things, uh, just taking on more responsibility, uh, you know, just and then all of a sudden I get you know promotion. And you know, I'm driving a brand new BMW, have a nice house in the community I'm working. And, uh, you know, I'm just, but, but I'm still just this, this shell of a person, you know, just really feeling all this stress and anxiety, you know, end up having like, you know, high blood pressure, you know, putting mm. on weight. It's just unfortunately, like, you know, everything's just kind of starting to tax on me. And, and uh, well, I'm just extremely prideful at this time. And I end up uh, just start doing things without even asking my superiors for permission. Hmm. And uh, just really kind of being this maverick, prideful, prideful guy. And, and I made a mistake on a document and uh, I knew it was a mistake, but I didn't clarify with my, you know, uh, superiors. I'm like, it's close enough. I'm just doing this. And and so they called me and it's like, Brad, like you, you're, you're not you're not a team player. Like you're hmm. not you're not talking to us about things like you're making these decisions, you know, with hundreds of thousand dollars on the line. It's just you know, this is not your responsibility. This, you know, if, if you're, you, you need to, anyway, so long story short, it just, that was my sense of identity. I was a successful person. I was a successful educator. And whenever, whenever they told me that they wanted me to go back in the classroom to, to season up for a little bit, you know, I went home that day and just bawling crying. Cause I didn't, I identified myself with a successful, you know, administrator. You know, I was, I was going to be a superintendent by, by the time I was 28, 29, um, and, and now they just, I just didn't, I didn't know who I was. Kind of you know, shattered I, the pride. Y- yeah. I mean, just a deep, a deep wound to the pride. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I was lost, absolutely lost because to me, if I wasn't a successful administrator, then I wasn't anything in the world. Mm. And, and so after spending, you know, a day or two, just basically just kind of crying, I couldn't really eat. I, only thing I wanted to do was read scripture and, and uh, so, I mean, it was just this deep metanoia experience, and I basically kind of came limping into St. Mary's Catholic Church in Alton, and uh, they have the oblates up there, and and, and I kind of on the door, it's like, hey, I'm just, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Like, I don't know who I am, what I am. I don't really, I know that God's real. You know, it was that experience of one, the one truth that I knew was just the God's existence, and then that, in a sense, was a solace and peace. And that's what I hungered for from that moment was this deeper relationship and union with God. But then it's like, well, how do I how do I deepen this relationship? Because before I just, you know, I was going through RSA and listening, you know, and not really my heart was so hard and I wasn't really open to really receiving any of this, you know, wisdom from anyone because I already I knew better than everybody. And uh, and so that's like you said, Mike, just that sense of, you know, deep humility uh, just really made me, you know, be open to the church. And uh, you know, I always tell people, you know, that day was the, the worst day for me professionally. But as far as spiritually, my soul is the best the best thing that ever happened to me. All right. That's a doozy. That's so th- amazing. Th- that's yeah. a, all right. That 
your story and that line right there at the end, uh, I want to dig more into. Uh-huh. We're, we're out of time. So what mm-hmm. I'd like to do is, you know, if you're, if you're willing and can spare some time, we're going to wrap it for today. Have Father send us forth with his blessing. We'd love to have you back mm-hmm. for another episode. You, Absolutely. You up for that? All right. Father. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Amen. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Onward. And upward. (laughs) 